Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Joining us now is he's kind enough to do every single Monday. Sometimes he talks some college hoops with us, mostly Steelers and NFL related. It's our buddy Chris Carter of DK Pittsburgh Sports and the Locked on Steelers podcast. Chris, what's happening, man? I'm doing great, Wes. How are you, my man? Buddy, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm surviving. I... That's some fun, you know, you, you'll appreciate this. Did you see the comments that came out? This is a total curveball for you, but you're always good with this stuff. Did you see the comments that came out, Mark Friedman, the Penguins defenseman that he made about Philadelphia? No, I did not. Okay, so Mark Friedman used to play for the Flyers, now plays for the Penguins. Um, okay. And he made some comments about how Pittsburgh's such a nice place, such a much better place to live than Philly. People are nicer. It's not as busy. It's cleaner. Um, and, and he even said, uh, you know, I live up in Cranberry. It's a great neighborhood. And so, of course, Chris, you know, this was this was making the Euler household laugh because, you know, Mrs. Euler is from Philadelphia. I was born and we <laughs> live up in the Cranberry area now. Um, Chris. You you know what? you got some experience with this, too, because you went to college out there. I mean, is there a huge yeah. difference in your mind? I, I agree with those things that he said. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, like I, the, the, especially the busy thing, too. Like, the pace of life here is so much different than the pace of life out there. But does it, don't we always do this where everybody just loves to argue where I'm from is the best place to be from and your place stinks? We even saw this with Tyson Alualu, and there was, like, some bickering between Jacksonville <laughs> Twitter and Pittsburgh Twitter about how could you build your dream home in Pittsburgh? Oh, does that even exist? It, you agree with Mark Friedman as, like me, you spent time out in Philadelphia. You went to college out there as well, too. Just kind of uh, your thoughts anytime that that debate gets rehashed. I mean, there's always things that different cities bring. Like, for example, Philly has a lot more ties to broader culture. Uh, the, the music scene's bigger yep. there. Like, but it's it's a it's a metropolis. It is huge. Like, the, when you when you ride on a on a bus or a train through a neighborhood, you're like, oh my goodness, this is ridiculous. Uh, you know, like like West Philly, North Philly, like they're, they're, they could be their own city. Uh, but the I do agree. There is the sense that like when you're in Pittsburgh. You know, when you're in Philly, you think it's a concrete jungle because mm. it's, it's that much of a city. But Pittsburgh has so much more green spaces. I will say that one thing that I did notice is that people generally respond to you more in Pittsburgh in passing. Like, I can have – I am much more likely to walk the streets of Pittsburgh and be greeted by a stranger and strike up a, a – you know, a, a not serious conversation, but just say, hey, how you doing? And, oh, nice to meet you. Then in Philly, it's like, hey, what, what, are you ta- what are you looking at me for? What are you looking at me for? And it's like it gets kind of like that. And I will say also, of course, their fans are uh, ten times more rowdy than Steelers fans Ooh. are. And Steelers fans get crazy at times. But, like, there was one time I was sitting there. I was watching the Eagles. They were losing to the Cardinals. And I kind of felt good because it was Larry Fitzgerald and, you know, H2P and all that. <laughs> and uh, this guy's this guy's like uh, is, is, try, is saying something to me. And I'm, and I'm also sitting there waiting to see the Steelers play the Ravens later that day. And this guy says something to me. I'm like, hey, man, Larry Fitzgerald is, is messing with y'all. You better focus on him. And he said something about my mother. I was like, listen, man, you can say whatever we want about my mother, but you're still getting your butt whooped right now. And then he, like, tried to square up with me and fight. And I'm like, are you serious over a game? Okay. And then, like, we got broken up. But I'm just like, this is, this is Philly. Like, you're just, they want to fight you all the time for everything. I'm like, ah. So, 
I listen, I, I, I have lots of people who I love in Philly. I have lots of had a lot of great times in Philly. But yeah, there's there's certain elements to Pittsburgh that make me feel a lot more comfortable here. <laughs> but I, I, I do miss the bustle because I am a city guy. No, I you you nailed it as well too. Like there are a lot of things to do in Philadelphia. You went to college there. I lived there for almost three years uh, with my wife after we got married. The music scene is incredible. The food scene is incredible. You are a a short uh, train ride away from New York City, away from D.C. You know, Atlantic City and the shore is like fifty minutes away. There are a lot of things to do there, but certainly the the pace of life is much different as well too. All right, Chris, into some football here. Uh, before we get to some Steelers stuff, I did want your take on just a, a pretty significant trade uh, that happened late on Friday, I think, kind of like Friday afternoon, evening, kind of right before the weekend. Um, some swapping of picks between the Niners, the Dolphins, and the Eagles. Uh, the Niners moving up to three, then the Dolphins swap with the Eagles. Now the Dolphins sit at six, the Eagles sit at 12. Do you Did you see any big winner in that trade carousel? Is it maybe whatever quarterback ends up in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan and a really nice roster? Is it the Dolphins now because they have just got so many six first-round draft picks over the next three years? Uh, any Did you have any big takeaways, any big winner in kind of, like I said, that, that three-way trade carousel that we saw a couple days ago? I definitely see the Dolphins as the winner because they continue to stack their first-round picks but they still keep a pick in the top 10. I mean, they're, they're, they're only moving back to the sixth. And that, that's a huge situation for them because even with, even with all those first-round picks incoming, right, Wes, you, you still need to build your superstars. And they got Xavier Howard. He's doing great. And they're hoping Tua Tagovailoa can carry them to the promised land. But they're going to need guys who are super game changers, X-factor type players. And those guys are, are, you know, are always available in the top 10. So getting this, keeping that pick there is fine for them. The Niners moving up to three. I know they say that, oh, uh, they're not done with Jimmy Garoppolo. This doesn't mean he's gone. I look at you sideways. You are talking out the side of your neck. You did not move up to pick three to get Penny Sewell uh, on your team. If you did, okay. But they just coughed up a ton of draft picks for that. They're going to get their the guy who they think will be the quarterback of the future for them. Um, and that, you know, as far as Philly, I think Philly wanted to. You know, get you know, get the, get their situation because they realize, hey, we don't, you know, we're gonna stick with Jalen Hurts for a bit. That's the only reason you'd even allow yourself to trade back and get more capital. Right. Philly is a long way from, I think, getting back to a point where they're competing in the playoffs. I think they have a lot of pieces to build for the future because um, even some of the pieces they have on the roster now are guys that won't be here in a while. So I get they need to amass more of those middle round picks as well, but they also need to still hit on a star that can work with Jalen Hurts this year. Chris Carter, DK Pittsburgh Sports and the Locked On Steelers podcast, our guest here on the Afternoon Delight. All right, Chris, into some Steelers stuff here. Uh, Tyson Alualu doing a bit of a 180, right? How big of a deal is this? Um, that he has decided, you know, not going to sign with the Jaguars after initially agreeing to terms, signs, a, signs back with the Steelers instead. I, I do always laugh when this type of thing happens, Chris. And I, I want to be very clear with Steelers fans. They're not the only ones that I do this or that do this, right? So I'm going to kind of rip on Steelers fans maybe for a second, but it's not just Steelers fan. You can insert any NFL fan base here. Right, right, right. We do this thing, right? When the when the news originally broke that, that Tyson was signing back in Jacksonville, the reaction from Steeler Nation was, oh, well, he only plays 50% of the snaps. It's not a big deal anyways. 
to now, right, when it comes out a week later that he's actually staying in Pittsburgh, it's ha 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 ha, LOL Jacksonville, <laughs> right? Like it is, it, it's, it's always funny to me how that works. So how big of a deal is it, Chris, that Tyson Alu-Alu uh, decided against returning down south to the team that drafted him and decided to stay with the Pittsburgh Steelers instead? I think the biggest thing that it does is it takes off the need to draft a nose tackle or defensive tackle in those middle rounds. And the thing is, is that those middle rounds are really rich with talent at a lot of positions. The Steelers could find multiple starters in the middle rounds. You know, first round, you're always talking about, but even the second round, you usually expect to start. But third and fourth round is when you start to get a little hazy. But there's a lot of talent in those rounds at linebacker, edge rusher, safety, cornerback. Uh, there's a lot of guys who I think that could fit in the positions where the Steelers could say, hey, you could be a long-term answer on, on this team. So, and defensive lineman was, was part of that. But now, with a Lulu back, you at least know, hey, we don't got to do that this year. Because with him gone, I think the biggest thing I was sitting there like, hmm, do you, do you really want to go and try to get your starter? And you could. Javon Hargrave was a third-round pick that you got, and he came in and, and started right away. It's not, it's not you know, impossible for that to happen. But now with a Lulu back, and you've already signed Wormley, and you got Carlton Davis, and you got uh, Isaiah Bugs, you have your defensive line. You're set. You're like, you know what? You guys just rock out for now. We'll readdress this when, when we want to in future future years. That, to me, is the biggest thing on the field. Off the field, I do think it's cool because it kind of pushed back the idea that, hey, these guys don't have team chemistry. They don't really like each other. They're put, they're going other places because they, they, they don't care about the team. And it's like, no, it's obvious they do because you know all it took was him hanging around for a week and Joe Hayden and T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward being like, we miss you, buddy. Come back. And he's like, all right, you got me. You got me. And now, and now he's back with the Steelers and you know as you know I, I think I guess people can play that down as much as they want but that does show a sort of familial setting for the Steelers that you know that shows like hey they are playing together so you know it's, it's good for the Steelers I don't see anything bad and uh you know from what I understand the contract's going to be very team friendly it's two years you know it's, it's solid is it going to save the team no it, but it is something that you can say hey there's a plus in free agency for you especially where you thought it was going to be a minus I think that's well said. And that's, you know, that's something that you and I have discussed here on the show before. We know that that's what Kevin Colbert a lot of times wants is just not to be handcuffed to needs uh, when right. the draft does roll around. And, and now we're exactly a month away from the draft opening in Cleveland. And, and maybe the Steelers with Tyson coming back with however they feel about guys like Carlos Davis and Isaiah Bugs, they can scratch one of those needs, at least in the first three or four rounds, maybe knock it further down the priority list. Chris, with the you know the the 180 done there by Tyson Alu Alu originally agreeing, uh, albeit just verbally to terms with the Jaguars and kind of those those few days of the tampering period, and then deciding to sign with the Steelers instead. Did you ever do something like this in your life, Chris? Did you ever maybe you know Indian give or changed your mind after agreeing to something? Because I did. Can I tell you a quick story? Sure, go ahead. All right. So this would have been when I was in second grade. All right. And um, I had a friend named Ben that lived kind of like in my neighborhood area, all right? We were on the bus coming home from school one day, and this was when Pokemon cards were a big thing, folks, all right? Pokemon, oh, boy. second grade Pokemon was life, all right? I mean, Chris knows yeah. what I'm talking about. Second grade Pokemon yep. is life. I'm on the bus with Ben. We're driving home. We verbally agreed to trade some cards, all right? Now, we didn't have our cards with us. Because I forget what happened that day. It was like field trip day or something. So normally you had the binder that you took with you to school. But everybody had left their left their Pokemon cards home that day. So I say to Ben, yeah, buddy, like, let's do it. I'll trade you 
an XY Pokemon card for, for Z Pokemon, right? And then when I got home, Chris, by the time the bus ride the next morning when we were supposed to make the swap, I decided not to do it. And, of course, it was all kinds of drama. You know, was I allowed to do that? Was I uh, dishonoring the game? I'm, I, you know, I do feel kind of bad about it. I'm sorry to Ben if he's out there listening right now. But I do have personal experience with this, Mr. Carter. Did you ever do something like this? Well, I, I, I was thinking more so in the lines that I have uh, um, I, I've been the person to say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll show up at the party when I knew I was going to show up at that party. <laughs> That's, I, I've done that a bunch of times. But I will say that, uh, you know, I, I was part of the Pokemon. I mean, the Pokemon craze culture, when, I, when we were kids, Wes, I mean, it was real. Like, they had – in my school, they banned Pokemon cards because there were fights. Like, you – because the plan was, hey, it, it's, it's going to be this period break. We're going to meet in the bathroom. We're going to trade. We're going to see who goes down. And, and, like, if something didn't happen the way, like, it was like what you said, if someone says, no, you said you would trade me for that. And then suddenly someone someone doesn't like the results. Someone swings me. It's a, it's a whole fight over Pokemon cards. I mean, seriously, though, everyone, they wanted that. You wanted the holographic Charizard, but everyone really wanted the Japanese Arcanine. You, you, real people know what I'm talking <laughs> about right there. But, uh, but yeah, man, I've, I've been there. But I definitely do this a lot either in fantasy football or mm. in, uh, uh, or like in Madden when I used to play my connected franchise sure. with my friends. People were like, people were like, oh yeah, can I get such and such your player? I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? And then I look and like, mm, never mind, I don't like the dudes you're trying to send me. <laughs> I just so, but listen, it's it, what I've learned from contract law, baby. It ain't final till I sign the bottom line. That's so, right. You know, you you, you if, if you if you acted on it, that's your fault, not mine. And you know what? That's not only Chris Carter of DK Pittsburgh Sports and the Locked On Steelers <laughs> podcast. That's also Christopher Carter, JD. I mean, yeah, so that, that is me. you know what, Ben, if you're out there listening, I take back my apology because Chris says that I was in the right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mr. Carter, what do you make of this big Al Villanueva news that has, has been out um, in the Twitter sphere and in the discussions today? Um, reports from some pretty prominent people in the city that Al was, you know, getting ready to sell his house in Pittsburgh, move away from Pittsburgh, and the Steelers told him, eh, maybe not so fast, maybe hold off on that. Could we still see Al Villanueva back in Pittsburgh? If that is the case, do you think that's the right move? I think the only way it is the right move is it's for a super-duper-duper-duper cheap deal. They, you know, he he did not play up to his contract last year. I think he, what, he was, what, a nine-ish million dollars? I, I thought it was a little less than ten, point. yeah. Yeah, so it's it's in that area. You can't afford to pay to pay him. I mean, the only person you're affording to play that right now is a super starting type of you know offensive tackle or a new center that they're bringing in. And he just he hasn't played up to. I mean, he really hasn't played up to that for the past couple of years. Um, but if if he if he's willing to come back on you know a kind of deal like Tyson Alulu just got, I, absolutely, yeah, bring him back. You you want you got depth and. Even if you feel that a core four and banner are better starters now, you could still bring a veteran who knows your system, but you're giving him the chance. Cause I mean, heck PFF and a lot of different websites that, that, that look at, you know, how players make money. A lot of people estimated that he was going to make in the tens of millions of dollars per year with a contract in the NFL. And that just hasn't worked out for him yet. And part of that may be people didn't like his tape. Part of that might be, you know, Hey, it's a tough year with everyone's salary cap. So, don't take it personally. You know, it, you know, it could be a lot of different things, but I think it's, it was nice of the Steelers to give him the opportunity to make that because they said, hey, buddy, we can't afford to pay you that. We like you, but we got other priorities right now, and that's just not in the plan. But, you know, just keep in mind that you still got a home here, 
because that's where you built your career. And you could, and, and they would welcome him back with open arms, I think, if he says, hey, I'll come back on such and such deal that helps, that fits in your salary cap. Um, but, you know, I, I, I still, I don't know if it's going to happen because, you know, the Steelers keep signing, you know, these, these uh, low paying or these small contracts of offensive linemen. Right. And I still think they're going to get at least one offensive lineman in those first three rounds. You know, whether it's tackle or center, I'm not sure yet. I think it will be a center. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't throw it, throw it out the cards just yet, but I do think the Steelers just need to make sure that, Hey, you know, you got, you still got other priorities to sign right now. So, uh, you know, don't, don't blow your salary cap space on just this yet, just yet. Well said there by our buddy, Chris Carter, DK Pittsburgh sports and the locked on Steelers podcast, Chris, some other hubbub today around a different name, a quarterback, Sam Darnold and him potentially being a landing spot for the Steelers. Is that realistic at all? I mean, we know they already added Dwayne Haskins. At least they've been telling us for two, three years that they believe in Mason Rudolph and want to at least see what he is capable of for a little bit longer. Would you at all kick the tires on Sam Darnold? What would it take? Do you think that that's a real conversation at all? Or is this just another one of those uh, national media maybe missing the mark on reality with with the, uh, with the football team here in Pittsburgh? Absolutely not. You know, this. Uh, I, listen, I get that Sam Darnold might re, you know, have a reclamation to his career and fix things up and show, hey, everybody, I, I do have it. I was worth the first round pick, but I don't think the Steelers need to be the team that he experiments on that with. You know, if they trade it for him this year, one next year his fifth year option is like what twenty five million dollars. That's a lot of cap space to be investing in a quarterback that you don't even know if he's going to actually work out in. Does he have a big arm? Sure. Has he made some impressive plays? Yep. But He's he's also made some poor decisions. I know his teammates have not been the best. I know that his team situation is rough, and the Jets are just a tough organization. But that was why I said when he got drafted, he needs to be put in the right situation, or he'd be where he is now, and he is here now. So, um, you know, I, I, if I'm the Steelers, the only way I'm taking a deal like this is if, like, it's like you, the the, the Jets somehow agreed to help with part of the money in the fifth year option or, you know, or, you know, but I'm not giving up a second round pick, a third round pick. I wouldn't even give a fourth round pick for that. You give me not, you know, if, if you're talking something else, there's gotta be something else in the works here. And if, if nothing else, you know, I'm just saying, you know what, just, you know, you let them stew over it. Maybe someone else gives them a top pick for, it, but who knows? Maybe, maybe Sam Donald gets cut. And then you just say, Hey, you know what? Now we'll, now we'll sign him. Now we'll bring it on our own terms. And uh, then that's, then that's something else in play. And then you also got the whole, you know, you got him and Dwayne Haskins, two yep. of other teams' first-round picks yep. just sitting on your roster. Um, you know, it, if but that, that, that's my situation is with his contract number. I just I don't see that worth the risk of getting a Sam Darnold when you may be able to do that for free later this summer or next year. Well said as always. Well said as always. All right, I just thought of one more that I got to ask you. But, you know, I I think I did this two weeks ago when we were uh, on the week of March Madness. I've been talking to uh, to football Chris Carter. Can I get college hoops Chris Carter on the line for just a quick second? Well, hold on, hold on. I have to check. One sec. Hey, Chris! One sec. Hello? What's up? (laughs) All right, uh, this is college basketball hoops Chris Carter of DK Pittsburgh Sports. Um, Chris... I'd be interested to get your take. Man, we are seeing here locally at Pitt. We're seeing it at WVU. We're seeing it everywhere. The transfer portal, just the amount of kids transferring is, man, it's on one right now, right? Like there are 
I think over 800 college basketball players in the portal, which is just insane. I think, I think, I think 960 now, Wes. It's just insane. There's not that many scholarships to go around. A lot of these kids are going to end up leaving good programs and ending up in JUCOs instead. Now, Chris, right, like for, for the – for the, the, the WVU, the more local example, right? Like someone like Oscar Shibway, who was a McDonald's All-American, was never going to have a problem, right? But that's not the case for some of these other guys. Does this whole portal thing and the, and the, the one-time transfer without penalty, man, it feels like a, a house of cards for a lot of these dudes who are thinking the grass is going to be greener on the other side. But like I said, they're going to end up with, you know, with dirt instead of green grass here when, it, when the dust settles. I certainly think there's a lot of players it's it's going to be rough for. Um, you know, I I think that it's important to make it easier for players to get out of bad situations because hmm. we learn several years after the fact, you know, a lot of times there's documentaries where we hear about how toxic a college sports environment is, as, as they can be when anytime there's a lot of money around something, sure. there's going to be toxicity and there's going to be things that aren't positive for the development, especially yeah. of young Outside in influences. Right, outside influences that are hurt that are hurting the situation and not exactly there for the betterment of these young people who are, you know, trying to maximize on this opportunity to either build a career, get their education, what have you. Um, but I, I think that the transfer board is great for that, but it's absolutely also being worked in is like, you know what? Hey, I, I don't see myself being a superstar in this school because such and such was better than me. I'm gonna go somewhere else. And you know, I think you know, we're certainly seeing that with Pitt right now. They've got five guys in the transfer portal. Three of them are starters from this last year, so you know it's uh, it gets it it gets kind of rough. And some of them, you know, maybe they had their own reasons, but others, you know, may have been like, hey, like Gerard uh, Gerald Jungle, he was a sophomore shooting guard. He looked he looked kind of interesting last year when he was brought in, but this year, uh, you know, they had two transfer guys who came in, Theo Horton and Nike Sabandi, and they both did uh, you know did fairly well at their position. So, you know, he's kind of like, well, I'm not, I don't have a place here. I'm going to go figure that out somewhere else. Mm. Um, so I do think it's important to give players more power because I'm, I'm one of those guys. I, yes. Again, I, and anyone who knows me, I'm all for giving the players power. I think it's, you know, it, it's ridiculous when there's been too much power cited to one side in those situations. Um, but, you know, this is all, again, this is about, you know, these kids don't get paid for this. They're, they're, they're students that are, that are working, that are giving free labor for, you know, millions of dollars, billions of dollars, that how much it generates when you start totaling up, you know, all the TV deals and everything. Yep. So anything that gives them more power, I think is good. But I do think that there needs to be some sort of checks and balances that get, that comes into place. And maybe even it, re- it requires a new system of how players can move around because this is a lot. You know, this is players transferring all the time. And like you said, I think there's going to be a lot of players that end up getting hurt by this by this situation. And maybe it causes to think about it. But as for now, until it happens, I am like there's some people who say shut down the transfer portal, you know, make it. I'm like, nah, let's let the kids, you know, let, let the kids at least have some power to say where I want to go, where I want to go. And, uh, you know, if you come up with a whole new system that, that gives them some power and gives universities some powers in this situation, fine, that's great. But as of now, I think it's kind of necessary. Laying it down, as always, our good friend in real life and here on the show, Chris Carter, DK Pittsburgh Sports and the Locked On Steelers podcast. Buddy, great stuff as always. Really appreciate your time. We'll talk soon. Yes, sir, Wes. You hang in there. There he goes. My buddy, Christopher Carter. Make sure you're checking out all his work again, all his articles and his breakdowns, DK Pittsburgh Sports. And I've said this before, if you're a Steelers junkie, 
and you're not subscribed to the Locked On Steelers podcast, well, folks, you're not really a Steelers junkie. 